Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers was the biggest dynasty winner on Sunday. We will explain why on this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. You can also read her at Behind the Steel Curtain, Pro Football Focus, and Yahoo. On today's show, we're going to be talking about three of the biggest winners, eh, maybe winners, uh, from championship round on Sunday. And I want to start with Zay Flowers, Kate, because I thought he was the biggest winner. 115 yards in the receiving game. Uh, scored a touchdown, had uh, a couple carries in this game, should have had two touchdowns. The reason why I think he's a winner is because the real-life implications from this game are probably going to hurt his value across the league, right? Because he fumbled the ball in the end zone, which could have kept this game to a three-point game. He had a taunting call that cost Baltimore 15 yards. In terms of a real-life impact, it was not as great as his dynasty impact. But I thought he was really, really good whenever the Ravens needed him. I do think you bring up an interesting point. So obviously you look at the box score, you're going to be happy with that stat line all day long. But the vibes, the vibes of what Zay Flowers did, you mentioned the taunting call, the fumble out of the end zone. They were absolutely big time, huge, mega costly mistakes. Are they big time, costly mistakes that are actually going to impact his standing with this franchise long-term after being drafted as a first-round receiver and Mm -hmm. doing so many things right in that game. Obviously, it's a bit more nuanced than that. But no, like this this game is not going to have an impact uh, on his, you know, long-term value with the franchise. It's just going to leave a sour taste in your mouth about what could have been. And that's probably a great way to capitalize on some of those negative vibes that are kind of floating around. And I, I think we saw a lot of consistency throughout Zay Flowers, especially in the second half of the season that doesn't speak to some of these kind of costly mistakes that felt like, yeah, those are things that a rookie might do on a big stage that maybe he just wasn't fully prepared for just yet. Yeah. It, it- and we care about the production, right? Not necessarily, I mean, the fumble obviously hurts because it takes away a touchdown. Uh, you lose points because of the fumble. I mean, we don't need to go over all that. But in terms of how he performed statistically, he was really good this game. And you look at the other receivers, Kate, from the Ravens in this one. Uh, this one, Nelson Aguilar, one catch for 39 yards. He had a big drop on a third down. Odo Beckham did not have a target in the first half. Finished the game, three catches for 22 yards. He is uh, scheduled to be a free agent. Isaiah likely two for 16. Mark Andrews two for 15. Like, it's just so clear that Zay Flowers is the best weapon on this offense outside of Lamar Jackson. And he's doing it as a rookie, 
right? So to perform that well, albeit and I know about the fumble in that big of a stage, it just gives me so much more confidence going into 2024 that he's primed to have a huge season. And I think, I mean, we've debated Zay Flowers' dynasty value over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you and I both prefer Rashi Rice long-term. Go listen to our show on Friday if you want to hear our reasons why. But I feel really good coming out of that game about Zay Flowers' long-term, uh, long-term prospects. Yeah, especially seeing him on the field with Mark Andrews, you know, obviously coming off a, a big injury. I think we saw a reduced role for him overall. But seeing him kind of take over that game with Isaiah likely with that, the, the number of playmakers on the field. Now I do have to ask this on the back of your Zay flowers take, because also leaving a sour taste in people's mouths is probably quarterback Lamar Jackson, who in the most recent dynasty batch of ADP quarterback five, uh, just ahead of Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Anthony Richardson. Uh, what do you think this game does this, was this kind of a, a ding for Lamar Jackson in terms of his dynasty value. Could he be a potential buy after this? Because again, one of those situations where you look at Lamar Jackson, his fantasy value, obviously not his best game as a passer kind of limited himself in the run a little bit. And you, you obviously saw sparks there, but it just, it wasn't a complete game from Lamar Jackson, the way that we have been accustomed to seeing, especially at the end of this year. Could this be a time to buy? Because Absolutely. again, yes. the the postseason narratives, the the questions about whether or not, obviously he's locked into a contract with the Baltimore Ravens. He just played out the first year of his new deal. He's going to be there a while. Um, you know, whether or not people think he has the chops for the postseason, that's irrelevant at this point. If there are some folks that are cooling on, on Lamar Jackson after that kind of disappointing run, I'd be in on buying Lamar Jackson as well. Oh yeah. All in. Uh, because even in a bad Lamar Jackson game, 326 yards, uh, including the 54 on the ground, he did throw one touchdown to Zay Flowers. should have had two, right? So if, if I'm telling you against what's the number two ranked defense in the NFL, Kansas city chiefs, he has 320 yards and two touchdowns. You'll take that all day. Uh, and I think, I'm going to mention this again. Zay Flowers is a rookie, and that was his best receiver. Mark Andrews coming off of the injury. It was clear he wasn't 100%. I've got to assume that Baltimore is going to go out and try to get more receivers this offseason. They had a bunch of running back injuries uh, all year between J.K. Dobbins getting hurt in week one. Keaton Mitchell uh, got hurt You know, at the later parts of the year. I think the Ravens are going to continue to surround Lamar Jackson with a bunch of weapons. And he's like 26 27 years old and this is we know what lamar jackson does in the regular season kate he puts up ridiculous numbers so of course yeah i'm, I'm buying lamar jackson this there's nothing from this game that would make me worried about his dynasty value at all nothing yeah and this might be one of those circumstances where you capitalize on some of these down games on a really big stage because they do like as much we, as we, we never want reactionary we mean down not fantasy value, but down like yes. nationally, like an, an actual on the field game because they, they didn't win at home. Yes, so I just correct. didn't mean to cut so like, you off. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think that's, that's exactly the point I want to make. There are these moments where you can kind of capitalize on these national narratives that aren't the most positive, but guess what? They have nothing to do with these players value on the field. So nope. 
sometimes listening to that talk and that conjecture, like that, that can play into some buy low opportunities for your dynasty teams. Absolutely. Because you know, all the talk this, <laughs> this off season and it sucks is going to be, well, Lamar Jackson's not good enough to win the playoffs and all that. And that shouldn't impact his fantasy value in his dynasty value because we care about the regular season and there's very few quarterbacks in the regular season that are more dynamic, more consistent, more productive than Lamar Jackson. So yeah, I think coming out of this game, he's an absolute buy. Uh, I want to talk Kate about Travis Kelsey because we saw his ADP really drop in the month of January. We discussed that on one of the shows last week. Go check out our tight end ADP. Uh, I want to go in a little further with Travis Kelsey after another huge game. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the most fun that I've had playing DFS because there's so many different players and stat projections to choose from. Plus, PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We wanted to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, let's talk about Travis Kelsey because uh, <laughs> the regular season was not his best. He missed some time with an injury. Uh, a lot of weeks at the end of the season that were pretty rough. And the play playoffs, he's just continues to turn it on against the, the Ravens, 11 targets, 11 catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. Did we overrate a, a meh season from Travis Kelsey this year? I'm still out on Travis Kelsey and dynasty. And this might be like one of my hottest takes yet, Marcus. And we talked a bit about, Travis Kelsey, as you mentioned, on our Dynasty ADP show just last week. So if you missed that, go back, listen to the tight end episode. Travis Kelsey, on average, drafted as the tight end eight. Now that's behind names like TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle. Uh, you know, obviously George Kittle a little bit closer there in the age column. But Travis Kelsey, 34 years old. I think my question comes, if he wins the Super Bowl, I know there's been conjecture about will he retire? Will he not retire? He looks very healthy right now. So 
I think maybe maybe we're not going to see that retirement announcement uh, on the back of, you know, one of his healthier looking runs here. He is a beast in the postseason, but we've also seen him coming off a couple of weeks of rest. You know, like he's not going to be coming off a couple of weeks of rest here in the regular season moving forward. I still have this concern that regular season Travis Kelsey without a couple of weeks off may not be where it's at at 34 years old because it is a long football season Marcus and we saw as Travis Kelsey continued to get dinged up throughout this year without a, a pattern of rest here he didn't look to be the same football player now again he does look healthy right now but with the caveat that he had a couple of weeks off and it I think that can obviously do wonders for the body can Travis Kelsey do it for another season? Because, I mean, you, you have to admit, we're running out of time. Do you, do you think he comes back next year? I think if they win the Super Bowl, there's a legitimate chance that he doesn't. And that's not based on any sort of inside information, but more or less based on the fact that I, I think he's, A, going to want to go out on top. Uh, B, I think this is this seems to be the, the most banged up season he's had to this point. And you're getting older. Uh, your, your priorities are shifting. This is just me totally spitballing here, but it, I think the point stands regardless of whether or not he decides to come back next year. I have like, he's going to be 35 years old, Marcus 35. I know. I, I think the point that you made that I really agree with is just, they aren't going to overwork him in the regular season if he comes back next year, because look at the way this season played out. They ended up being the three seed in the AFC and it didn't really matter, right? They still got to the Super Bowl as a three seed. They didn't give him a million targets. He, they tried to make sure by the end of the season, he was healthy and that's ultimately what matters. And I think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to look at this situation and be like, okay, we've got Rashi Rice. We're probably going to draft a receiver, sign him. We're still going to use Travis Kelsey. He's going to get his seven to eight targets a game. But we don't need him to carry the offense anymore. He doesn't need to be the number one receiver on this offense. So let's get him involved but not overwork him so we can have him in stride when he gets to the postseason. And that's just going to be a big knock on his dynasty value because what we've become accustomed to seeing with Travis Kelsey is when he's out on the field, he's basically a number one receiver that you can play as a tight end. I just don't think that's going to be the case, especially as he gets into his age, 35 and 36 season. I thought he looked great on Sunday. This is the best he's played all year, but I'm not sure that it's going to translate into dynasty value moving forward in the regular season. And that's why I would still be a little bit hesitant to buy him. Yeah. I, I think that this game kind of just showed you probably, or maybe it's like a proof of concept sort of thing where you, you need him healthy for the postseason, and you see what a difference he can make down the line. But like you said, they, they didn't overutilize him, you know, like they, they didn't have him at his best in the second half of the season. And they still made an incredible you know, second half run, they, they finished as the number three seed. Obviously you're looking for the number one seed, but it didn't matter. So yeah, if they can take a little bit off of his plate moving forward, 
if they can get other receivers involved, whether that be via the draft, trade, free agency. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think they're going to need to get some extra help, especially on the outside here. But I, I just don't see a world where you're going to see Travis Kelsey returning all that value that we probably expected for him heading into the season with the age, with the way we saw this year play out. And I, I don't, I don't think tight end eight is a bad value. If you are a team in a win now position, sure, sure. there, there might not be a, you know, maybe a safer option than Travis Kelsey. You look at his, his first half of the season, Marcus, and this is when he was just coming off of some of those injuries. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think seven top five finishes here through the first 12 weeks of the season, he got you to the playoffs. He just didn't perform once we got into the, the trenches of the year. So Definitely depending on your situation, but if you're looking at this and you're like, I'm, I'm in a rebuild situation or I'm leaning in the direction of a rebuild, I need to get a little bit younger. I do think this is the moment where you capitalize on the excellence that we've seen in the playoffs mm -hmm. here from Travis Kelsey. You take advantage of just how healthy he's looked coming off of two weeks of rest and you call it a day. Uh, I just want to mention really quickly, we talked about Isaiah Pacheco on Friday show and how this was a really big game for him uh, in his dynasty value. Uh, the numbers weren't great. He had, I think it was 82 total yards, did score a touchdown. I think the thing that was the most encouraging for me, Kate, 28 touches in this game. Uh, the only other running back to get a touch in the run game was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, one carry for one yard. Uh, Clyde also got two receptions for three yards. Like, this is his backfield. And the Chiefs trust him so much. Uh, I think... Even though the, the fantasy production wasn't elite in this game, they were going against the number one defense on the road. I feel even better about Isaiah Pacheco moving forward. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Obviously, I think everybody's going to have hesitancy regarding the draft capital and that that potential that he's going to lose out on his job. But there's nothing that you've seen from him on the field, I think, that indicates to this point that that should be a concern and you know the the fact that they leaned on him so heavily not just in the the touch total column but the percentage of running back touches that he mm -hmm. saw which was just about 98% here that is ultimately the most encouraging thing that you you can ask for Absolutely. with Pacheco's value all right let's talk about Brock Purdy because he was another player that we highlighted on Friday show as somebody who really needed to have a big game to kind of maintain his dynasty value. Let's discuss Purdy and what he did against the Lions next. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need that opportunity to get something off of our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let those out, especially to someone who is unbiased on your life. So today I want to tell you how I'm really feeling about something. You might even be thinking the same thing this week. I'm not excited for a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. I get that these are probably the two best teams in the NFL. I, I just like Super Bowls where we, where we have a clear underdog. Uh, that's not the case here. You're either rooting for Patrick Mahomes to win his third Super Bowl or this loaded 49ers team to finally get it done. I'm just a, not all that excited, but there you go. Now I feel better. Therapy can be different for everyone. Maybe sometimes just getting something off of your chest, like 
your favorite sports team or how much you don't like the 49ers. It can be, it can be really helpful. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Just visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Every day, I just want to let you know that Matt Williamson back on Wednesday to answer your Twitter questions. So make sure you send them in to us. We've also got the Senior Bowl coming up this week. So we're going to have shows later in the week kind of discussing some of the biggest winners and losers from the Senior Bowl. So make sure you check that out as well. But Kate, I want to talk about Brock Purdy, who, I mean, depending on who you listen to, had a Joe Montana-like game. Some people thought he really struggled. So What is your opinion on Brock Purdy coming out of the NFC championship game? I'm going to say, so coming into this game, we obviously talked about how this could be a a monumental game for his dynasty value. And coming out of this game, now I'm looking at the Super Bowl and I'm saying the Super Bowl is going to have a very big impact on his dynasty value. Now, the box score from Brock, Brock Purdy, not like not a terrible game. And I will say, I do think the stats are just a little bit skewed because he had some plays that went his way. And obviously you can't predict on a, a weekly basis how that's actually going to play out. Like the the deep pass to Brandon Ayuk that bounced off the helmet and Brandon Ayuk happened. Like it was an absolutely insane play, Marcus. And mm-hmm. You cannot count on those kind of plays to fall your way because technically Brock Purdy basically threw an interception, right? It I didn't mean, count towards an yeah. interception in the stats column, but he threw an interception. That's why um, our <laughs> great friends at PFF call those turnover worthy plays, right? Mm-hmm. When you throw a pass, it should be intercepted, but it's not. And Brock Purdy actually had three turnover worthy plays. It's actually interesting. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, we're talking about what a terrible game he had. Uh, he also had three turnover worthy plays here in the passing game. Uh, and, you know, we're we're not talking about Lamar Jackson or we're not talking about Brock Purdy as the bad passer. Now, from a stats perspective, it's kind of interesting. He had a, a good chunk of his uh, passes going through the air. Like it, it wasn't a yards after the catch game for Brock Purdy. It was an air yards game. 58.4% of his uh, passing yards came through the air, which that's one of the highest marks we've seen from him in a single game all season long. But again, you look at, you know, some of those plays and and where those yards resulted from a lot of them came on that big pass to you know, Brandon Ayuk that should have been intercepted. Mm-hmm. I just think from an eyeball perspective, this game wasn't as clean from Brock Purdy as the stats would indicate. And if I'm Kyle Shanahan and I don't walk away from this year with a Super Bowl ring, again, we've talked about his his wandering eye. I don't necessarily know that what we've seen from Brock Purdy in this game is going to endear him to Kyle Shanahan. Maybe I'm being overreactive here. I just think he has a short leash and it makes me nervous. I I agree. And especially when you look at, uh, if you look at his last four games, right? So let's go back to Christmas, right? He had the four interception game against the Ravens uh, where they lost. They got killed, right? Played poorly, played really well against Washington the next week. Awesome. Great. Against the Packers. He had three turnover worthy throws in that game. Um, 
again, did not play very well in that game. Uh, it did have the nice comeback at the end, but didn't play great. And then against the Lions, again, another three passes that were turnover worthy. Had the one big play to Ayuk that should have been an interception. Um, he's gotten very fortunate against two pretty bad defenses in the Packers and the Lions the last couple of weeks. Like those are not great defenses, and you're playing both of those games at home. Uh, the, the Lions were, I think, the 23rd ranked defense in points per game. The Packers were even worse than that. I want to see what he looks like in a big stage uh, against the Chiefs. Um, if he really struggles in that game and the 49ers lose, I do think there's could there could be a potential for the 49ers to look to replace him or maybe to not give him a huge deal when he's eligible for one after the 2024 season. So I know the national narrative is that he's a superstar and that he's playing great. I got a feeling that Kyle Shanahan is a little bit more level-headed than that. Yeah, and that's, again, not to say what Brock Purdy is doing right now isn't absolutely incredible. But, I mean, dating back to week 16, that, that you know, game against the Ra- or Ravens where he threw four picks, like, he hasn't looked spectacular, right? And, and you know, again, going up against the commander's defense, 230 yards, two touchdowns, great. You would expect that against the commander's defense who don't even have a defense. Like, you're going to expect that. But, yeah, the, the Packers and the Lions, obviously, they're, they're teams to be dealt with. But susceptible secondaries that you would think he should carve up a little bit more than he yes. did with the weapons that he has. Now, I... If some plays didn't fall his way, I, I just. I, it was I a, it's a weird game. That's why it's really important to watch some of these games because, man, that could have been a historically bad collapse for Brock Purdy if Vindor, uh, Vildor catches that pass or if, uh, Cam Sutton in the first quarter. He he throws just a duck to Cam Sutton uh, who drops it. It was a poor performance. I want to see what he, how he can respond. Does he bounce back against this Chiefs defense? That just made Lamar Jackson look pretty rough uh, in Baltimore uh, in the championship round. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every single day. Go check out the show on YouTube. We post videos every single day over there. Kate does fantastic work with the shorts. Go download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.